Thank you for downloading this message from Roots Community Church. We pray that you are encouraged by the word. If you're looking for more information, please visit us at rccphoenix.com. The very first week of the year, we preached a message called Motive Matters. And what we did is we took a look at our own heart. Before we start making plans for the year and for the new year in 2021, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to accomplish, we talked about taking our heart before the Lord and making sure that the reason that we're doing these things is not, you know, selfish ambition or anything that would point back to us, that, but it was something that would um, uh, glorify God and push his kingdom forward. Uh, we, I also asked everybody to join me for two weeks at the beginning of the year here to do a fast. Um, and so that was the first week. The second week, last week, we talked about um, the Exodus from Exodus, where we talked about forever leaving behind the idea that we would ever walk away from the Lord. Forever leaving the idea that we'd ever walk away from the Lord. <clears throat> and uh, basically, it's no matter what happens, good or bad, win or lose, mountain or valley, regardless what happens, we're sticking right where we need to be, by His side, abiding in Him. And so this week... Uh, this is our probably our last day here for our uh, for our fast. If you if you join me on the fast um, as a church, this will be our last full day for it. It'll be our 14 days. You can keep going if you want to. Um, I'll be stopping tomorrow, but um, <coughs> just a FYI. Um, but I want to take one last week here to kind of wrap up our thoughts at the beginning of the year before we turn our attention to what 2021 has and what the Lord's going to want us to accomplish and executing that plan for him, okay? So this week, the title of our message is Let Us Not Forget. Let Us Not Forget. So we've got four points and some scripture to get through here today. So let's jump right in. So point number one on your notes, God can do what he wants how he wants. God can do what he wants, how he wants. We're going to read a scripture here in Joshua chapter 3, but just before we do, let me give you a little bit of run-up and insight of where we are when this scripture is being read. So last week we talked about Moses, you know, he got the Ten Commandments, he went up the mountain and came back down, saw all the people of Israel worshiping idols and stuff. He smashed them, had to go back up and get a second copy, you know, and uh, came back down. But in between that time and him getting to the promised land, which we know is Canaan, before he got there, he disobeyed God. And as his punishment, God did not allow him to go into the promised land. He just kind of got to go up to the border. Actually, got to go up on a mountain and look over Canaan, the promised land, but he wasn't allowed to go in because of his disobedience to God. So he passes away and God needs another leader to... Put his to kind of lead his people and be his uh, his mouthpiece and his voice to his people. So he so the Lord selects Joshua and he fills Moses' role. So now Moses is promising God, I'm going to do what you say. I'm going to um, follow all the things that Moses has laid out for me. I'm going to follow you and do every one of your commands. I'm following it to the T. So the Lord says, okay, all of this has been completed. There's some people that have passed away along with Moses. And now he's going to move them from uh, being in the wilderness into Canaan, the promised land. The only problem is, is that um, they have to cross the Jordan River. So now Moses has led the people of Israel out of Egypt across the Red Sea. But now they're, they're, they're on the east side of the Jordan River. They need to move to the west side. Yeah. 
Y'all believe that I lived that life, didn't you? Um, <clears throat> but <laughs> dad jokes are bad. My bad. Um, so, so they're gonna they're gonna go cross the Jordan River to get to the land of Canaan, and God gives some interesting instructions to Joshua. He doesn't know how they're gonna get across. He doesn't know how they're gonna. There's not like a bridge built somewhere. You know, they can't just catch an Uber and fly over. You know, get over it somehow. They have to cross it on foot. So when God says, I want you to cross the Jordan River, there has to be some confusion for Joshua because he's got three million people, first of all. They're all different ages. They're all different physical abilities. Maybe some can swim, some can't. Can you swim holding two kids if you have two kids? You know, like, how are we supposed to get across that? And the Lord gives Joshua some very specific instructions. So we're going to pick those up on what he's supposed to be doing here. Joshua chapter 3, verse 14 through 16. So the people left their, their camp to cross the Jordan, the Jordan River. And the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, that is the, the box that has been built by Moses to hold a few things, including the Ten Commandments, um, the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. So, I want to show you a quick picture here um, of what this is, what this would look like on a map, so you kind of understand um, to understand what we're what we're talking about. So, I mean, technology, yay! Right here we go. <clears throat> so, this is the Dead Sea, lowest point on Earth. Just a little Jeopardy information there for you. A quarter mile below sea level. Um, and here is the city of Adam. Okay? Scholars believe that, the, that they crossed, that the children of Israel crossed somewhere probably where this line is or maybe a little bit above it because there were some narrow spots in the river. So and here's Jericho, right, where they said that they were going to cross right here at Jericho. So there's somewhere in this area. Okay? So <clears throat> um, when they... When the, when the children of Israel, sorry, let me go back to your, the map here. When the children of Israel um, crossed, it says that when the Ark of the Covenant, the people carrying the Ark, touched the water, that the water stopped flowing here, okay, at Adam. And then it just ran, continued to ran south all the way into the Dead Sea until it was dry. It wasn't just dry at the spot they went across. This whole thing dried up. It wasn't just at this little spot. If it, if, if they crossed here, and this is several, this is you know a, a great distance, several miles here, right, from Adam down here. So if they crossed here, this whole thing shut down for them to cross to that one place. Everybody got the picture of what we're what we're seeing here? Okay. So <clears throat> now. The Jordan River flows south, the next line in your notes, and empties into the Dead Sea. 
Okay, that's the picture we just saw. Now, what's interesting is the city of Adam and the Jordan River are on a fault line. They're on a fault line. Everybody know what a fault line is? Yeah. For those of you who don't know, there's two tectonic plates. There's tect a lot in, on, underneath the Earth's surface, but when two tectonic plates get together underneath the Earth's surface and they begin to move, it's called a fault line where they join, and when they move, the top area begins to rumble and bounce around. We call them earthquakes. <clears throat> That's how earthquakes happen just in, just in geology, right? Just in, just in real life. And so the city of Adam sits on a fault line right there with the Jordan River. What historians tell us is that that area is known for earthquakes. The city of Adam and that place where the water cut off in the, in the historical account of, of Joshua leading the children of Israel across the Jordan River, there's a lot of earthquakes in that area. We actually have documented when the last six happened there. They happened within the last seven or eight hundred years. One happened in the year 1247, one happened in 1546, 1834, 1906, 1927, 1956. We know that there's earthquakes that happen fairly regularly and often in this area. I want to take a look at one of those particular earthquakes. The year 1927. It's next line in your notes. <clears throat> so during the 1927 earthquake, sediments from the top of the nearby mountain actually crashed into the Jordan River and stopped the river from flowing for 21 straight hours. There was an earthquake in that same city of Adam in 1927 that caused the Jordan River to stop flowing for almost a day. Now, for me, I go, whoo, that's awesome. But there's another group of people who, you know, are skeptics of God and skeptics of the Bible and don't really, you know, prescribe to Christianity. You know, it's all hogwash and everything. They, they have used this type of natural event to try to explain something that we know was supernatural. We know that it was a supernatural move of God that caused the water to stop. But they said, oh, well, there was an earthquake. So it just so happened that the earthquake happened and just like 1927 all the mud and the dirt and the trees fell into the water and they just thought it was god and they gave god credit for something that he kind of really didn't do or you know they just so happened to come by at the right time it wasn't like the lord really acting on their behalf i am completely the opposite on this why because God can do what he wants, how he wants. If he chooses to use a, a, a outlandish or improbable way to accomplish his will or to answer our prayer, that's up to him. Is it possible that an earthquake happened there and stopped the Jordan River? Sure. Is it... Um, could it be that, um, uh, that God knew that earthquake was going to happen and just had them cross at that time? Sure. Is it possible that 
an angel could have descended in the city of Adam and just stuck his big old foot in the river and backed it up until the water step dried. He just kind of kicked up his feet for, you know, an, until three million people crossed the river. Ab yes, absolutely. Any of those things are possible because God can do what he wants, how he wants to answer our prayers and fulfill his will. He's all-powerful. Since he made everything, he can cause whatever he wants to happen to happen. It doesn't matter. Let me give you a, uh, a practical, kind of humorous story about how this showed up in real life. Okay, um, There was an elderly Christian lady who was a widow. Her husband had passed away, and they didn't have a whole lot of money. She didn't have any family to take care of her, so she lived by herself, and she constantly um, was running out of money for food. So she would pray and sit by you know, her front door or window and pray and ask the Lord, God, please, can you please provide me just something to eat? And however you know, it happened, the Lord would orchestrate ways for her to get food. And so one day she went to the grocery store, and she was, you know, counting every penny and she's looking at how much, you know, the, the, the box of crackers was and the, the, the can of soup and she's writing it all down. And while she was kind of, you know, trying to keep her budget, you know, know exactly what she should get, she kind of messed up on her math and she put too much food on the cart. So when she got to the checkout, the amount of money that she had wouldn't cover the food. So she had to put a portion of it back, tell the cashier, you know, please take this off. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I added incorrectly, but here's the money I have for food. I can just buy this, these bags and not these bags. So there's this man who knew her in the community and he was a younger guy. He was an atheist guy, didn't believe in the Lord. And he kind of looked at her and, and he was in the line and saw what she did. And, she, and he says, man, why aren't you buying your food? It's like, oh, I didn't have enough money today, but you know, the Lord will provide. And he kind of scoffed like, <laughs> The Lord will provide. Why isn't your God giving you any money? Why isn't this God that you pray to and, and believe about believe in, how come he's not giving you money enough for food? I mean, where's that at? And she goes, sir, I honestly believe the Lord's going to provide for me. And she left the store with the groceries she could afford and went home. So this guy got an idea. He said, you know what, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to show this old woman that she doesn't know what she's talking about. And so he went and bought bags and bags and bags of groceries and food. Took them to their house and laid them on the doorstep, knocked on her door, and ran around the corner real quick and hid in a bush. And she walked out and saw the food, and the first thing she does is what? Thank God. Oh, God, thank you for providing for me. Thank you for giving me exactly what I was asking for. Thank you, God, for, for giving me food, providing me food. And while she's in this middle of this, this heart of gratitude and thanking God there on her porch, this young atheist guy jumps out from behind the, the bush and goes, Ha ha! She says, What are you doing here? She goes, I see you're over here thanking your God for all the stuff that that, you know, all this groceries and stuff that he provided for you. He didn't provide it for you. I did. I bought all that food. That's proof. Your God didn't answer you. I'm the one who brought the food and you're giving him credit for stuff he didn't do. And without missing a beat, and he asked the lady, what, you know, what do you think about that? And without missing the beat, she turned to him and she closed her eyes and she put her hands back up there and said, God, thank you so much for providing the food and making the devil pay for it. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's in your notes there I figured you could that'd be a good one for, for taking home later thank you for providing food and making the devil pay for it here's what this young 
non-believing atheist man didn't understand that God used his arrogance to provide food for his child. He used the arrogance of a non-believer to answer the prayer of his faithful and believing child. God can do what he wants, how he wants, and the matter he wants, whenever he wants. If he can make a donkey talk to Balaam in the Old Testament to get him uh, to, to get his attention, he can do he can do more. If he is going to send Christ not as this descending mighty warrior with you know with a sword and shield, but as a baby to save the world, he can do more. If he can use a drug dealer to pay for a way for my wife to get out of the situation she was in that led her into another area, physically moved her to a different state, that led her getting to the gospel, he can do whatever he wants. If he can use a disabled army vet that I had never met and never heard of to remind me of my own call, he can do whatever he wants. If he wants to nudge a tectonic plate to cause a earthquake to stop the Jordan River, that's his prerogative. I can guarantee you that if you're praying for something, you're believing for something, and or if you think, man, God's going to accomplish his will through my life, I can almost 100% guarantee you it will not look the way you think it will in your head. It will not come to pass the way you think it looks in your head because God can do what he wants, how he wants to accomplish his purpose and to answer your prayer. Every single time when we stand in awe of when God moves, it's because he's all powerful and all creative and he can paint the canvas and orchestrate the scenario however he chooses because he sees beyond this moment, he sees eternity and knows how it's going to work out for you and the person that he's using. What kind of testimony was it to that atheist young man that God used him to provide for his child and he didn't even realize it? He can do what he wants, how he wants. Point number two, <clears throat> don't forget what God did. Don't forget what God did. This is past tense on purpose. Don't forget what God did. <clears throat> As Joshua is leading the children of Israel across the Jordan River, God gives him a requirement. He says, I want you to do something. And we're going to read exactly what he does here in Joshua 4, verses 4 through 6. So Joshua called together 12 men that he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, Go to the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. So here's what he said. There's 12 different tribes. He goes to every tribe and says, you're going to be your representative. Come. He brings a representative for every one of these tribes. And while these guys are walking through on dry ground to the Jordan River, he says, go into the middle of the miracle I have provided. Pick up something and bring it out with you. And it's a stone. They Putting it on their shoulders, it wasn't like a little pebble. They didn't walk out like this, right? They had this big old huge rock, the biggest thing they could pick up. 
put that thing on their shoulder and walked out because they were going to build a memorial. In your, in your notes, the definition of a memorial is something such as a monument or holiday intended to celebrate or honor the memory of a person or an event. Something such as a monument or holiday intended to celebrate or honor the memory of a person or an event. <clears throat> Tomorrow would be a great example of a holiday that would memorialize something. It's the birth of, or the life of Martin Luther King Jr., right? Who had a life's message that every person would be in a dream, or his words were a dream, that every person would be judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. We have a national holiday tomorrow to remember, to memorialize what his life was for. We have a uh, monuments in Washington, D.C. You know, there's a there's Lincoln Memorial, there's a Washington Monument, all these things to remember the actions of our founding fathers here in our nation. These are things that people have built and put together because they don't want to forget, they want to remember. We as believers in Christ, next line, we need to find creative ways to remember God's faithfulness to us. <clears throat> we need to find creative ways to remember God's faithfulness to us. In the middle of getting ready for this message, I actually left the place where I was studying and ran over and bought me a little cheap frame and made something when I got home with it that we're going to put in my house uh, to example this from, from now, from, well, from yesterday when I made it going forward. So this is a frame with three dimes and a penny. Pretty basic. Little tape, some sticky tack, Loctite on the back of that, on the back of whatever picture was in there. Flipped it over, it's white on the back, and then stuck it there. I'm going to keep that in my house from now on. Why? Why is 31 cents so important for me and Nina? Because when I obeyed the Lord and left Texas and moved back here in 2011, we lost Everything. Everything. The job I had fell apart. The, the jobs I was applying for um, all fell through. I couldn't get a job driving an older person to a doctor's appointment in three hours' time. They needed somebody within three hours. I had a car. I had a license. I had insurance. I was ready to go, and they would not hire me. I couldn't get a job doing anything. I applied for dozens and dozens of jobs every single day. And then because we were out of money, here comes all the, the notices. Hey, your rent's past due. Hey, we're turn it, we turned off your internet, which is how I was finding jobs. So I didn't know what I was going to do then there. You know, uh, we had a little bit of food left over, but I needed to go get some food. I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to open up this app on my phone and look and see how much money's in the bank account. 31 cents. And at that point, I realized, you know what? Uh, something's wrong because God said he would take care of his children. And he's the one who guided us out here. So in my anger and frustration, Nina said, you just need to leave and go ask the Lord what's going on. I went and on my way to, I was going to go to sit at a Starbucks with my cell phone because they had free Wi-Fi. I was going to keep applying for jobs, but... I stopped by at a church and went up and into their chapel, and there was nobody there, thank God, because I prayed pretty loud for about an hour and a half. Um, and the Lord straightened 
me out that day to tell me, son, I am your source. Not a job, not your ability, not the business you would like to start, not the connections you could make, not the skill that you think you have. I am your provider. And I walked out of that place. And when I walked out of that hour and a half prayer, I had five job offers on my phone. And the one I took, which I thought was going to last six months, last Thursday was nine years. I've been at that same company. God taught me, hey, I'm your source, nothing else. So any other hard time in our life, which there have been much harder times that we faced, Nina and I have looked at each other and reminded each other, hey, 31 cents. God sees the needs of his children. I'm not telling you to go look and see how much money you got right now and then like take Monopoly money and stick it to a frame and put it up on your wall and like, oh, the monument. No, I'm not telling you to do all that. <clears throat> what I'm telling you is that we need to find creative ways to remind ourselves, even in challenging times, God moved for me before. His hand has undoubtedly been on me and my wife and my family his favor has been his direction he has given us things provided miracles when i didn't have anything i need to get creative about ways to remember it i want to encourage you to do the same thing why if you think about it the one of the most um one of the most sacred sacraments that we have as a christian church is what communion, communion. And communion has a couple different um, implications and the reasons that we do it. But one of them is clearly laid out from Jesus talking to his disciples in Luke twenty-two nineteen. He took some bread, gave thanks to God for it, broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It's a physical thing that reminds us of a spiritual principle. And I want to encourage every one of you, if you've had a moment, which I, if you're a believer in Christ, you've got at least one. It's your salvation. My guess is God has looked out for you even maybe when you weren't living for God, even when you weren't saved, even when you weren't doing what you were supposed to do. I know he looked out for me in those times because I got a long list of mess ups. And yet he still looked out for me. Let me get creative about finding ways to remember what God's done for us. Number three, <clears throat> tell the story of God's goodness. Number three, tell the story of God's goodness. So these guys picked up these big 12 stones. They're going to build the monument. Where is, what, what, what now? I got the stones. Where are we going to build this thing? Joshua chapter 4, 19 through 24. The people crossed the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. Then they camped at Gilgal just east of Jericho. It was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up the 12 stones taken from the Jordan River. Listen to what happens. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future your children will ask, What do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. 
For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful, and so you might fear the Lord your God forever. Next line in your notes, we need to become good storytellers. We need to become good storytellers. <clears throat> we need to be able to tell the story of how God delivered us. We need to be able to tell the story about how God provided for us. We need to tell the story about how God ran interference for us in our disobedience and my own personal stupidity and didn't allow me to bear the brunt of all of the repercussions that I deserved to get. We need to be able to tell the story of how far he brought us. Parents, we got to make sure our children know the goodness of God in our life. We got to make sure that our families, our friends know about the goodness of God in our life. And we need to be prepared to tell that story of our salvation, of how, of being in a hard time and God showed up for us in a, in a certain way. We need to be able to tell that. Let me put in a churchy mode. Let, let me tell you, um, give you a churchy word for that. You need to be prepared to testify of the goodness of God. That is what giving a testimony is. I'm just telling you the story of what I saw and what happened to me. And I'm telling you, if you pass those stories on, it encourages the people who are in here as believers in Christ to continue on pressing in hard times. And it also tells your, your children, I had no idea. Man, God has been better to us than I can even imagine. <clears throat> Number four, last point. Worldly success can cause us to forget God's goodness. Yeah. Worldly success can cause us to forget God's goodness. Joshua was very clear with the children of Israel. He gave them multiple warnings if you read through the book of Joshua. Hey, you going to go into this land? It's great. There's copper everywhere. It's the, the soil is fertile. There's houses you didn't build with furniture in it that you didn't, you know, you didn't uh, earn. There's gold and silver and stuff out here in these hills that you had no no hand in providing for yourself. I have given all of this to you, but when you get there, woo, better be careful. God wanted this this idea communicated to his people so much not only did joshua do it multiple times moses before him before they ever got to the border of canaan started warning the people that this was a possibility this is what moses warned them in deuteronomy 8 verses 10 through 17 when you have eaten your fill be sure to praise the lord your god for the good land he has given you but this is the time to be careful beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large, your silver and your gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. 
do not become proud at that moment and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Don't forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Huge, massive warnings. Multiple times, over and over and over, coming from Moses and Joshua. Because why? When things in our life are painful and terrible, we cry out to God with an intensity we don't have at other times. But when things are good, we have a natural tendency to settle into the blessing and provision and forget the Lord. How many people have cried out to the Lord to bless their business and then when he did, written a book about their own strategy? You have it? Okay. It's coming for you. You have the opportunity. How many people have trusted and begged God in the downtime for something and then when God answered it in a way that he chose that was completely different than what we thought it should be how many times have those people how many times have i taken the credit how did you do this well you just got to push through it's gonna be hard you got to persevere persevere just rise above it get on top of it next sign in your notes when things are bad we want help But when things are good, we want credit. Remembering the Lord, his provision and miracles to us keeps us in a position of humility. So in your life, my guess is God has done something so outlandishly that would so outlandishly crazy, unthinkable that it blew your mind and went, huh? You know all the applications I put in when I was looking for jobs when we moved back here. Um, it was a guy who heard that I was looking for a job to talk to a lady who saw me in the church service one day and was afraid to talk to me, and then finally put those two together. It had nothing to do with anything that I'd put my hands to. Zero. Nothing. My guess is that if you have served the Lord for longer than a day, he's probably done something miraculous or shown you that he has kept you protected from the things that could have gone wrong. In those moments, we got to find creative ways to build memorials and monuments that we won't forget. we got to be ready that when people walk in your home and see the 31 cents and go, what's that? Let me tell you the story of God's goodness. Not of my perseverance or endurance, but of just how good God was to me when I had no hope. Zero. And 
when God answers those prayers and moves us past the point of the, the lack that we had. Let's remember that it wasn't us that got us here. It was all him. If God allows us to accomplish everything on our New Year's goal list, will we remember the Lord or will we stand in pride and take the glory for ourselves? <clears throat> As I was thinking about this message and this weekend, um, I felt like the Lord gave us gave me something to do that we're going to do here in just a few minutes. But as I um, thought about it, I wondered. I didn't realize it until after it was all done, but I thought, man, this is kind of a warning for us. That whatever happens in this year, whatever God's about to orchestrate, we got to make sure to remember where we came from. Remember when we put our hands to something, how it didn't work. Build memorials to what used to be, but be very careful as God takes us forward. It tells me there's potentially, I'm not prophesying or giving y'all a word or nothing like that, but I'm just telling you, If there's a potential for something to break in your favor this year, I'm wondering if this is similar to how Joshua gave a warning to the children of Israel. This is God's warning to us, not my warning to you, like I'm Joshua and you're the children of Israel. No, 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 no. As in God's warning to us. We've got to be sure that where God leads us, we don't try to take credit for. And when he provides, all glory goes to him. Scripture is pretty clear about that, that God will not share his glory with anyone else. And it used to be like, oh, I'll just take a little bit of credit. But when God, I read that scripture where it was, God's not going to share his glory. It kind of got me like a... a not a bad kind of fear, but a good kind of fear. Like, ooh, I need to stay out of the glory business. I need to stay out of the self, look at me, glory business. I need to stay in the business of look at him. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, um, in just a minute, we'll, we'll stop the live stream a little bit early. Not not just yet. I'll tell you when, Rashad. But um, when you came in, you as a family got a book. You chose a book off the counter if you didn't get one there's I think there's a couple more back there you guys can grab one um, whoever might need one um, but what I what I want to do is I want to spend the last 10 minutes that we have here together today and I want you as a married couple as a you know someone who's been walked through some stuff with the Lord you know what I mean you might you probably have your own your own list of, uh, of things that God's done for you as a individual as a teenager as Wherever you are in life, I want you to take a minute. I want you to take the next 10 minutes. And I want you just real quickly, you don't have to write the whole story. I mean, you can if you're a writer and you write real quick, then, you know, more power to you. My hand hurts after about three minutes, right? But I want you to take that book. It's yours to keep. You're going to take it home and you guys keep it. 
I want you to just write a headline real quick. Man. God showed up for me for my job. God showed up for me how we got this house. God has showed up for me. Um, uh, my brother-in-law. Man, I wish I, I hope to bring him here one day and he would tell you his story. But my wife praying for her brother in a way that is just remarkable that he came to the Lord after the, the life God pulled him out of is unbelievable. The, the story of God protecting me on an airplane that almost crashed in, on a missions trip in South America. I, I got so many of these things personally. I want you to go through and write these down. Why? Number one, so you don't forget Number two, so you can turn around and tell your children, and if you don't have children yet, your friends or the people around you or your family, to be able to give a testimony of the goodness of God. And so that when God takes us past this point right now, we can turn around and go, I can't take credit for any of it. I will not let any type of success, any type of accomplishment reflect that I was so great can't do it. It's got to reflect the goodness.